We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. Nick. And I try not to, like, gatekeep. If you're a fan, you're not a fan. I do. I'm a hard ass about the uh, the names on the back of the jerseys. But if you were able to have sex last night, you're not a fan. Like, if my if my wife threw herself at me, I'd be like, I can't make love to you because <laughs> of Clay Holmes. I just, it doesn't work anymore. That's just a skin tag between my legs. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't really sleep much uh, Sunday night. I like I rarely I don't I used to lose a lot of sleep over games like in my lower 20s, mid 20s and stuff. I've gotten better with that. Yeah. Sunday just completely broke me for sure. You, you know, because I mean, we, we know where the season's going, right? Or like, are you good? Are you fully in that? Like this team is not a player. Yeah, yeah, season's over. We're on the same page. Yeah. OK, because I even like I look at the standings and. You know, it's easy for people to be like, well, you know, like maybe they're going to get, you know, back into it um, or maybe they'll, you know, it just takes a hot streak and, you know, (laughs) three other teams to collapse at the same time. But like, let's say we were let's say we were Toronto. We're in that last spot. Right. I would look at it and be like, all right, Seattle, one and a half back, Boston, three back. The team that's five games back is no different than the team that's six and a half back or eight and a half back like that. Like that's a line of demarcation where it, the Toronto blue Jays in the position they're in should not worry about the Yankees at all. I would No, Yeah. It's like that. It's like that graphic where it says like in the hunt, like we're not even on that box. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, I, you know, you throw the games on. You know, I, I, I'm not watching as intently as you probably continue to do. Have the game on. Oh, we're up. It's a 97.5% chance of victory. I'm going in the pool. We got some family over. We're going to go. We're going to hang out in the pool. I go to look something. Up. I grab my phone to look something up. 
And my brother-in-law goes, you checking the Yankees? And I was like, no, they suck, but they're up four. And it's the ninth inning. He goes, all right, well, check the fills for me. I go, all right. Oh, I was trying to check the third. I had a, um, I had food going in my smoker and I was trying to check the temperature on the app on my phone. Oh, gotcha. so I was like, I was like, oh, the fills lost. And I go, all right, I'll be, I'll be right back. I got to go, you know, stir shit up or whatever. And I come back and I go, oh, just in the time from when I told you they were up four, now it's tie game. And he was like, it's been three minutes. And I was just like, yeah, dude, we throw home runs in bunches. It was insane. There weren't even any there weren't even any home runs. That was the that was the crazy part. And like, dude, if you can't hold a four run lead, like to me, not being able to hold a four run lead is something that can't happen at any point in the season. Like you blow a save up one, you blow a save up two, it happens. I mean, you're given a four run lead and you can't hold that. It's just I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. It's insanity. Um, I mean. Cole is going out there and like call six six innings two runs that's a bad start for Cole <laughs> like he still can't you know can't get the support did you see there was a guy who had like a 10 leg parlay and he had Cole to strike out eight or more he only had six and the Yankees win and if those happened his $10 bet was $955,000. Wow. That's all right. So he's doing worse than us. That, that yeah. makes me feel, yeah, that, that makes me you feel know, better. Sometimes it's one of those, like, I don't got to be faster than a bear. I just got to be faster than you. Like that guy <laughs> that sucks. And we won't go through every single, like we're done going through the nitty gritty of every game, but the things that stood out to me in Sunday's game, I think I counted three chances where they easily could have had a double play and they only got one. The one Bowers dropped it. Volpe couldn't handle one from Cole. And then there was another one. And those don't go on the ledger as errors, but it's just it's just losing baseball. And those yes. are that's at least one run that the Marlins had that they should have. And like to me, this game was almost lost. Second, third inning was when this was happening as opposed to the ninth. Yeah. You know, there were uh, it was either like three or four. I thought I saw, saw somewhere that it was four because, again, like I turned it off because I thought I could spend some time with my kids and be happy. Um, and. <laughs> You know, when you're just you have different guys that it is as much as I hate when you're in a casino and you go to play blackjack and someone is like, oh, you took my card like you mess it because you didn't do the move that they were going to do. It's similar, but it's not the same in baseball where it's like if we got those double plays, like certain people are not up at the at the time that they are up to, for us to blow the game, which is the same logic of like Sevy's not good against the first three batters. He's much better against right. six hitters. <laughs> and we talked about this. I, I brought this up in either May or June. I can't remember, but I, I talked about how Clay Holmes, he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. He gets a lot of weak ground balls and he he's not good at fielding his position. He's, he's very tall. He's awkward. He's clumsy. He has problems fielding the ball. He has problems throwing the ball and classic. It came back to bite us when he gets an easy double play game ending, double play right back to him. Not only, does he not turn the double play? Not only does he not even get one, he throws the ball into right field and it's basically a double. I mean, that was that was the game. He's clumsy and he he can't field his position. And when you're a closer that can't get strikeouts, you're you're prone to those kind of meltdowns. Yeah. I mean, you look at like the lineups that were running out there where it's just like, <laughs> you know, we're subbing for Billy McKinney with us, Waldo Cabrera. Like, where the fuck did we go? 
<laughs> like, where did we go wrong? Um, you know, Ben Rorvedin, dude, dude, hit a home run finally. Yeah. Uh, it was 518 days after the trade. We got a first <laughs> home run. It was. It was a sad moment Saturday, the day we got absolutely walled by Al- Alcantara or Alcantara. I found myself being like, oh, IKF's up. This is good. And I'm like, wait a second. This isn't where we're supposed to be. Like, he's supposed to be not even a starter. And I'm, and I'm more optimistic with him at the plate than Giancarlo Stanton. Like, that's where we are. Yeah, because IKF is that dude. Always has been, always will be. I've been telling you guys for forever. <laughs> He's the it's like him and McKinney. You you want him and McKinney up. It's like, oh, I don't want Stanton up in, in this. But like Stanton came up ninth inning Saturday and he did the classic, took two pitches right down the middle and then swung at a ball in the dirt. And it's like this guy just hasn't learned. He's striking out the same way he was in 2018 when he got here. It's this guy that refuses to make adjustments. And it's like, I just think he's cooked. Yeah, I mean, he's hit 250 in the last week, but like he hit a home run and he had a double. So it's like here. So here's. I don't want to say I'm happy that the Yankees lost, but here's where here's where I was okay. mentally. We took the first game. We get dog walk the second game. Right. And we're up big. We're up by six runs. And I'm just like because I start thinking, you know, maybe on like Sunday, I start thinking about the show and what are we going to talk about? And yeah, you know, how to make it interesting. Yeah, because this team fucking stinks. And. I'm like, all right, here's the the fucking shitty situation is the Yankees are going to win this. And then there's going to be a sect of people online who are like, well, we just won a series. And it was like our first series. Like we've lost. like We haven't won a series in like 13 now. It well, was a- other than the A's and the Royals, we haven't won a series since June 22nd to the 24th against the Rangers, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I was like, you know, there are going to be people. It'd be classic Yankees to lose one, win one, uh, win one, lose one, win one, get the series, go to Atlanta, somehow squeak out a win tonight and then just have to deal with people like we're we're fucking back when it's like we'd still be in last place because now it's not even like a we're in last place. Boston's last place like they're two games up on us. We are solidly in last place. Yeah, this is as bad as I can ever remember any spot the franchise has really been. Because remember, in 2016, we had guys coming up. They were bad. Even in 2013, 2014, we had those retirement tours. There was something to be excited about. This in mid-August 2023, the only reason we have left to watch is, I guess, to see if Cole wins the Cy Young, if you care about awards or care about that. Other than that, there's absolutely no reason to to watch this team. But no, I, I'm... I want them to still win. I I'm not there yet, but like there is a part of me that I feel like nothing would be worse than getting the, that last spot, getting, you know, bombed in the playoffs and then have Cashman sit up there with a smug little Humpty Dumpty head saying, well, we, we got to the playoffs and it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Cause then also at the same time, it would be like, well, Rizzo's back and you know, JD's looking healthy. So like, even if we went on a run, we were just put in the guys who didn't get it done. Yeah. And the last, so the last thing that Cashman's hanging on to is the consecutive years finishing over 500. So it used to be, we win championships. Then it was, oh, we're championship caliber caliber. Then it was, we make the playoffs. And now we're down to the last, really the last leg that he has to stand on, which is when you see those articles by the writers say, oh, you can't fire a guy that's never finished below 500. There is definitely a part of me while I would be embarrassing socially with my boys and stuff. 
I want to see them finish by under 500. And I, I, I just want to see him sweat up there and try and try and defend it. Yeah. I mean, I have like, I don't know. I, I, I don't give a fuck what happens, you know, like it's at the point where it's like, you know, even if we finish a game over 500, like none of it fucking matter. Like, no, no. You know, you get a little, like, uneasy because it's just saying, like, we are never going to get to a point where Brian, like, anyone with power says, you know, Brian Cashman, maybe you're not the guy. Like, you, you know, you you fucked us for years. We're fucked this year. And we're fucked next year, too. That's the worst part. That's the worst you, part. Like, in 2008, you knew, all right, CeCe's on the market. Burnett's on the market. You had to share it. Like, you knew that. There could be reinforcements coming. They were building the new stadium and you knew they were going to do something with this. It's like, if anything, I think they're going to they're going to cut payroll and they'll say, well, we, we think Rizzo and Stanton are going to bounce back and get a full season of Rodon and full season of Nestor. Like you can already see the the spin zone coming. Yeah, it's. You know, and I don't know, like, what is what is it that I'm looking for them to do? Like, is it like give judge surgery? You know, like shut him down. And, you know, I'd like us to wave the white flag and start yeah. whether it's we're calling guys up. Not that we have much to call up, whether it's like, you know, instead of the fucking yo-yo, like just put Brito in the rotation. Let him make six more starts the rest of the year. Get on a regular schedule of not like, oh, well, maybe I'm coming out of it. Just like, hey, you're here the rest of the year. Just fucking go and let these guys, you know, do it. Let Peraza start every day. 40 games straight, whatever we have left, you know? And there's other guys. They have seven top 100 prospects. There's that guy, Everson Pereira. Wells just yeah. got promoted to triple. Like, let, give me a reason to watch. I don't want to watch DJ LeMayhew hobbling around on his toe or whatever, his foot at 35, his calf. That's not exciting. I don't want to watch Stanton go up there and strike out. In 2016, they called up Gary. They called up Judge. There was a reason to watch. Again, there is really no reason to watch. I guess they're... The service time thing, what is it, September something, they'll wait, and I'm sure they'll call these guys up then. Just the fact that they're just running back the same thing and saying the same shit after every game is just, it's just nauseating. And again, where, I, Judge, has Judge spoken after any, I, I haven't heard him talking a week. I haven't heard Aaron Judge speak this season. <laughs> yeah, he's what? MIA. He's like, uh. He's like those chicks in uh, the first Pitch Perfect where they're like, we've literally been here the whole time because like the last five minutes of the movie and they haven't said a word, but they've been in every scene. Um, yeah, no, I mean, thing, things haven't been this bad since they were giving out Danny Tartable pogs at Yankee Stadium. Is that late I, 80s, early 90s? Early 90s, like 93. Okay. Gotcha. I have them. I, I got them. I have my Yankee pogs. What was the first year you went to a game like 92, 93? I went to opening day the year I was born. We had a walk off against the White Sox. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, well, my dad, my dad brought me because like, he was going with his like buddies. At least that's what I've been told. Who knows if that's even true? Right? But, Who knows? You, know, <laughs> you <right>. wouldn't know. <laughs> no, but like so in the early '90s, like the Yankees fucking sucked. Yes. Right? The Yankees sucked, and my dad hung out in bars all the time and bartended. So. You know, remember when the Phillies were like really bad? Yeah, you know, like probably when you were in like high school, they were really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and like my first year at Drexel, they were bad. They became a playoff team like my second, third year. Mm-hmm. At I went to like 30 games that year because there were just always tickets around. Yes. Someone always giving away tickets. So that's how the Bronx was in the early 90s. Gotcha. Okay. It was just like there were always tickets. And if you live 15 minutes away, like driving, you get to a fair amount of games. Plus, we also had our my dad's like best friend. Uh, his aunt was essentially George Casanza. She was the assistant traveling secretary for the Yankees. That's a real job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's okay. a, like Whitey Ford has a book that like talks about her for like a chat. Wow, that's like, awesome. She did like all this stuff. So growing up, so when my dad was in his like 20s, he had one of those passes that got you to like two free tickets. And so he'd go to a shit ton of games like he at one point went to a game with the, that card, got two tickets. Remember in the old stadium, they had like the spiral in the outfield. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got caught smoking a joint in there, got thrown <laughs> out, went up, bought another ticket for like four dollars and went back in, got caught smoking again, got thrown out for getting high at the same game twice. Um, so, you know, that's my lineage. Um, <laughs> some real Game of Thrones shit going on over here. Uh, but, yeah, no, they so it was just like we got hooked up with tickets like nonstop. Like I was I didn't until so the Daily News in New York used to do every Sunday like there was a coupon and if you clipped out five coupons they did for like six weeks if you got five and you mailed it and you got two free Yankees tickets oh cool we always sat in the first like five rows at the stadium like that was just like because that's no one was there and those were the tickets we got like my parents have been thrown out of the stadium because they didn't stop putting their beers on the dugout because they were just like that's where they were sitting so I saved up the coupons, mailed them in, got them back. And I was like, dad, I want to take you to this game. I was like eight, you know, uh, no, I think it was 95. So it was like nine. So I want to bring you to this game. And my dad looks at it and he's like, these are in the upper deck. And I was just like, yeah, like, but I got them. You know, I, these are mine. You always bring me. I'm bringing you. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so proud. I was always curious. What's it like up there? I'd never <laughs> been up there. And we were in like the last section down, like the left field line. And we oh, were up wow. there. Yeah. And we got up there and I was just like, dad, this sucks. Don't <laughs> ever let me have an idea again. Like <laughs> this is the worst. Even as an eight year old, you care. You were like snobby about. I was like this because well, I only knew being on the field. Line. Right. And that uh, and the old stadium, like I'm, I'm sure there's probably you know people listening to this that were never there that upper deck was a lot steeper and higher so fucking steep the new it was, stadium it, it was scary, scary. Yeah, yeah i don't really like heights in general but yeah no it was a thing where it's just like because also there weren't a lot of people up there but like right. as a kid i was like you know i want to go to my tickets you know my seat yeah my yeah tickets, da, da, da. and then i was just like yeah dad let's never do this again like you just always get me like let's get good tickets yeah, and, and it's weird now, like, obviously, the, with the new stadium, you have, like, the 200 level, which didn't exist at the old stadium, and now you have the 300 and the 400 level, which are two different levels, and that's kind of, like, the whole upper deck. So it's completely different with the tickets, but when you look back, like, when you look back at this season, so I'm going to give my answer, and then I'm going to actually ask you the question. I'm going to look back at that where it was the Cubs week off Rockies. Like, that's, to me, where the season spiraled, because you had six really easy games, you knew Judge was coming back on the horizon, you had a chance to maybe win five out of the six, and they had that brutal loss to the Cubs the Sunday before the break where, I don't know, they blew a three- or four-run lead. And then the following week, Sunday, they lost to the Rockies, and Clay Holmes let up, like, a, I think he let up a grand slam similar to the meltdown 
on Sunday. So like when I look back at the season, that's where it kind of spiraled for me. Do you have like a, a little stretch that you're going to look back on and be like, damn, that's where we fucked up. Or is it just kind of a giant mess to you? Yeah, it's going to be that stretch of like November, December, January, and February, <laughs> where we were like, here are all these very obvious holes that we have. And we were just like, you know what? We're not we're not going to get a left fielder. Um, and it was also when like during that time when the team began to gaslight the fans and tell us that like, oh, no, we told Judge we're not done. We got Rodon. We're not done. And they were, in fact, done, like very done. Not even close. Like, it's not like there was someone else that like, oh, well, it, you know, they were in on Conforto or, you know, they were real close on Benintendi, but he just decided to go somewhere else. Like, I don't know of us making a fucking offer to anyone else. Like Brian Cashman literally went to sleep for the entire offseason and then the regular season until 20 minutes before the trade deadline but like yeah no i i mean in season it really was like we had always put the idea because of this team of like all right well we just have to get to the all-star break let's tread water get to the all-star break um and then they'll make moves but then you lose judge like not long before that and then you're just like all right well maybe the all-star break will get news about judge coming out of it and that'll direct the trades we're going to make and then it just from that like it just nothing happened like just nothing has happened yeah no you're right and the the left fielder stuff is crazy and when you think about like i'm honestly getting really irritated and i agree with you that hal should fire cashman but i'm sick of people saying that hal hasn't spent enough money because you look at you look at the money that he's given cashman he gives it all to rodan and and Donaldson there, you know, Montas is making a decent amount. Like he is, he has distributed it so poorly. I mean, he's probably distributed. If you give him a grade, I don't know, D plus D if he had just, no one has done less with more. No, if he would just done a C plus or a B minus, you know what I mean? With that money, like, Oh, he didn't want to pay Seager. He didn't want to pay Machado, but then he wants to pay Donaldson and Rodon. He just paid all the wrong people. Like we didn't really need another starter. We really needed a left fielder. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's really I mean, deflating. I, you know, he didn't get $279 million. That's where the number two team, there's been, I think, one year since 2001 where we were, maybe we were like the number three team because like the Red Sox and Dodgers. Were, yeah. We've been one or two every year. We've been at least top five for like fucking forever. And we have in 23 years one world series to show for it. No, a hundred percent. So he's been poor with the free agents, with the trades, but also with player development. Like you look at those I've seen on Twitter. I've seen like, Oh, drafted players by war. Essentially. You don't have to look at it. Judge is the only guy that Cashman's drafted in the past. I don't know, 20 years. That's it's done anything. And that's really disappointing to me. And when you see, Oh, well we have these other prospects coming up, they're not going to develop. So not only has he fucked up in trades and free agency, he's fucked up in developing his own players internally, essentially done everything wrong. Well, there's also the idea that we don't trade any of our prospects away and we don't trade them because we're not getting the value that we think that there there is. It, like consistently we hear like, oh, well, the right, you know, they weren't valuing them the way we do. If you want to sell your house and you say it's worth a million dollars and 
no one offers you more than $600,000. You have a $600,000 house. That's how price, like that's how market value is determined, what the market will pay for it. And so it does make you think like, and, and you know, we've talked about like the system, you mentioned like the system, there's something broken in the overall system that like, we're just doing different math than everyone else in every facet of the game. When it comes to, you know, like now we've got whatever the pitching barn or whatever the hell they call it. Like, but we were behind on that. Like Sonny Gray said, like they just didn't have like basic things to do. So clearly the way we're evaluating players, the way that we are trying to improve them, you know, because we're seeing this tremendous value in players that other teams aren't. The other teams are right because we don't have it's not like, oh, well, they didn't do it. So we had to hold on to all these MVP caliber players. No, they end up being what other teams thought they would be. Yeah, it's a great call out. And there was actually a report by I think Mark Carrig is his name, who essentially said the other executives were frustrated by Cashman at the deadline because essentially Cashman was demanding a king's ransom for rentals like Peralta or Bader being being really stingy there, but then wouldn't, you know, was also being stingy in terms of giving up our prospects to buy. Like he wasn't bending in either direction. Other GMs are frustrated with him. And if you think about it, there's a lot of newer, younger GMs, I, I want to say Cashman's the is maybe the oldest other than Dave Dombrowski, the Phillies guy, or maybe there's a couple others. But you almost wonder if like there's this younger click forming and he's being shut out of it almost. I've been saying it for years. I've, I've for years said that, like, I think that the game has changed in the way it's evaluated. And there is this new crop of guys who have come in and most of them just come through the raise system and then go out and become the GM everywhere. But they they view things differently. They're following a new system that Cashman has not adjusted to. Clearly. And as a result of that, there's no connection. Like he doesn't have relationship because he's Brian Cashman. Everyone chases the Yankees and he's kept that mentality. And so, like, I don't think he has interpersonal relationships. And now I know I've never been the, the general manager of Major League Baseball team. But have you – you've probably actually never watched the movie Moneyball. No, I haven't. You have All right. So in it, you know, Brad Pitt is, you know, playing the GM. And he makes, you know – and I'm sure it's not exactly how it goes. But, like, he's he just like, hey, get whoever on the phone to his secretary. Get some money. Hey, Steve, what's going on? You know, da, 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 da. I just don't see Brian Cashman doing that or having that relationship with someone who's 40 and running a right. team or in their 40s. And – you know, it's kind of like you've got the old, you've got a guy who used to fucking sell Yellow Pages ads, and he was the top guy dominated selling Yellow Pages ads for fucking forever. But then YellowPages.com came out, and he just can't relate to the internet or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, great, you have 20 years of President's Club, but right now. All the guys just at a college who understand the basics of SEO and can get that message across are fucking eating your lunch, Brian. It's a great analogy. And I think 10 to 15 years ago, like he did have a seat at that power table, you know, the, the top seven to eight GMs. Like he was in that power circle, whatever, from let's say 2000 to fucking 2015 or whatever. I, I think at this point he's on the outside looking in and and clearly he doesn't have those relationships. Because so many of those other guys are just like out of the game. Yeah, yes, like exactly. Steve Phillips, like these are the guys yes. who he was making deals with. And Jim these Bowden. guys have been on ESPN for forever. 
Yeah, yeah. I, Dombrowski's probably one of the only ones left. And you think about him, like how many times he sell he sold low or got nothing. Like I was thinking about in 2019 when we desperately needed a starting pitcher. Everybody and their grandmother knew we were we were an arm short of Houston. And I think we were offered like Marcus Stroman for Florial. And like Marcus Stroman's not my favorite pitcher ever, but like, God damn, he would have helped that year. We said no. We held on to Florio because we overvalued him. And now he is quite literally rotting away in the minors. And you think about how many times has that happened with fucking well, we could have traded and Duhar for Cole two years earlier. No, we had to hang on to him. We, you know, we could have traded all these guys and instead of Clint Frazier, and instead he he holds on to them until their value literally whittles down to zero. That that's what gets me. Yeah. I like I'm looking up I just Googled like general managers two thousand three and I'm getting like top ten general manager prospects in two thousand three. And it's just names like like Dayton Moore, Dan Jennings, Paul wow. De Podesta, like Ned Coletti. Guys who've like come and gone already. Yeah. <laughs> Ned and Coletti. it's just not like to me, it's just not like a there's no pride in having like, oh, we've had this guy doing a mediocre job the longest. Yeah, it's it's like, yeah, no, it's very frustrating. And the report by so Bob Clappish, who wrote he's a star ledger guy and he wrote inside the empire. He basically had a report that says Hal is terrified of confrontation, doesn't like making big decisions. And if they finish in fourth or fifth place, he's going to fire Boone. But the article in layman's terms just said he doesn't have the balls to fire Cashman, it's like, and you don't, didn't you have that analogy where it's like, oh, you know, in the NFL, you, you get to pick one head coach if you're a GM or whatever. And this would be, if Cashman fires Boone, this would be the, you know, the, the third manager. He, cause he fired Tory, fired Girardi, and now he fires Boone. It's like, how many managers are you going to let this guy pick? Well, that was my whole thing too with like the judge contract. You don't get to give away $360 million. Like someone else gets to make that decision because you're not going to have to deliver it. It's the same as like Mitch McConnell and Diane Feinstein and all these people being in Congress. You don't get to order for the table when you're leaving the restaurant. Ah, it's, it's frustrating. And if he does, if he does fire Boone, that would mean, and this is just my rough math over the past six years, he'll have fired two managers, three hitting coaches, an entire strength and conditioning department, and one pitching coach. Like how many different people can you can you blame before it's like no it's just fucking you bro. Yeah, like there's no accountability towards it. There's no I mean there's just there's no penalty. There's no consequences for doing a bad job. And if you think that Brian Cashman has done a good job and because we've made the playoffs a lot or because hey, we haven't had a losing season, that's just not you know, that's not what it is. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. It's hard when you're sitting here and thinking about where everything went wrong and, and where it spiraled. To me, and this is, again, off the cuff, it re- I guess it really started when Otani said no. They they pivot to Stanton, who at the time, everybody, everybody's excited to get Giancarlo Stanton. We're going to take over the world. We're going to pair him with Judge. They're going to be studs together, and we can maybe get one of Harper Machado next year. I think it's Otani saying no, derails them. They pivot to Stanton, and then they pass on Machado and Harper. Like To me, that is a, that is a basically 16 months or 18 months stretch. Again, starts with Otani saying no pivot to Stanton fine. Then you pass on the big two next year. And it's like, man, and again, I hate to be this guy, but if Otani just says yes, or if they just sign Harper or Machado, I, I feel like, or, or Verlander at 2017 deadline. There's just so many of these like little coin flip decisions that it feels like went the other way that kind of led us to where we are. And it's maddening. And I, to be honest, I'm almost addicted to thinking about them. Like I can't stop. It's, like everything you said is is a, a good point. To sum it all up, it just comes down to me is like it has just pretty much never been the right decision. Yeah. Like it's just all like there's a point where it's like, all right, hey, it was some bad luck, you know. Oh, this guy, you know, hey, you know, we, you know, we traded for Stanton and like, you know, the injuries just haven't, you know, it's happened. But you gave Judge a huge contract injuries you got donaldson injuries like you you got montas who doesn't exist rizzo injuries and then and that's on top of just like the guys also just suck it like every every decision has been the wrong decision unless it's give the that best available free agent the most money in the largest media market and to a certain extent it's not working with Rodon either. And, and like, and that was like our go-to move was get the best pitcher, most money. And then it's not working. I'm not trying to be d- dramatic, but I'm fucking disgusted with Rodon. Like he knew, he knew our rotation was shorthanded. Yeah. The Herman situation, they had to know Nestor. Something was up with the shoulder. He says, Oh, the hamstrings fine. 
like, did he really need to take two weeks off? We're, we're fucking starting Michael King and Ian Hamilton. And like, you really needed those two weeks off. And again, I'm really not trying to be over the top or mean, but like, to me, the guy looks out of shape. He, he looks like he's too heavy. And, a, you know, he, no wonder he's a back issue and a calf issue and a hamstring issue and a forearm issue and whatever the fuck else issue. The, the guy looks out of shape. And, and I thought we were getting this bulldog and this warrior. And he's, he's like fucking Hideki Arabu, dude. You know, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like, you know, when I'm always a person who when I see someone get like an opportunity and they don't like they don't prepare. Right. And so like a recent example of it is, do you know what the tiny desk concerts are? Yes, I actually do. I watched the Sesame Street one with uh, my kid the other day. Okay, so they just had juvenile like a couple weeks ago. Okay, juvenile hasn't been anywhere. Right. He did just pop up in the um, uh, what the hell is the the house party movie? I believe okay. I think he popped up in that too. But like, you know, you don't juvenile's not touring. You're not hearing a lot of juvenile no. stuff. Juvenile crushed that tiny desk concert because he's obviously like prepared, you know, for that opportunity. Whenever I see like someone's prepared for an opportunity to be back in the spotlight or be in the spotlight for the first time, I'm like, good, good. You didn't just show up like an asshole and like fucking drunk or whatever it is. And Nazar Don, he is just like, you know, uh, I get it. He's dealing with a bat, like dealing. Uh, I don't even remember what shape he came into spring training in. I don't think I didn't see a best shape of his life tweet from anyone. Did not. Then, did not. I guess like because it's a back, you can't do a ton while you're like recovering. But I don't know. What's his diet? You know, could he not run? Could he not run in the pool or like whatever to stay in shape? But yeah, no, he doesn't look in shape he doesn't look ready to deal with the uh like the rigors of a major league start with a pitch clock too it kind of looks like a, a manoa situation right 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 that's a good point you're coming in bigger you got to move faster and now you know we got six starts out of you it, it's really disappointing and this is something that i'm going to remember for next year like you think about rodon and nestor right both injured during spring training rodon had all his issues. And if you remember, Nestor had a hamstring issue in spring training and didn't break camp with the team. He came like two weeks later. I, I feel like if you are a starting pitcher and you get injured in spring training, it almost seems like it's impossible to round back into form. You remember Severino in 2019. It was always going to miss a month. And then he came back in September. It's like if you're a position player in spring training and you pull a hammy or something, generally you can come back in May and June and be yourself. But for whatever reason, it feels like once these pitchers get behind the eight ball, and you're injured in camp, it's like you're kind of cooked for the year. It does set you back. And especially, I think it feels more like it when you, when the team's not playing well. Yes. Just because it's like, well, are are we pressing? And like, maybe we are. And on that same token with Nestor, I have some advice for him. You had a rotator cuff issue. You took two months off. You made one start and it came back. It's not going to get better. Get the surgery now. Don't try to wait it out like DJ. Just just get the surgery, please. I'm I'm sure he won't. I'm sure he'll get surgery in March after he tries to he'll yeah. try to come to camp. But it's like, man, like this is a situation where we've seen it go the wrong way every single time. Let's go the other way. Let's make the right move. I don't have any confidence he'll do it. But like if, if an injury doesn't get better in two months from rest, it ain't getting better without surgery. I don't think. No, I mean, I like we're not playing 
for anything. He's going to make the when did, when is he a free agent? Nestor, his first year with us was 2019. I think his rookie year was 2018. He might be he'd be kind so of he's soon. a free agent 2026. So we have two more years of him. Okay. So like he could go have surgery, miss all of next year, most of next year. Still, he's in the arbitration system, so he's only going to get what he's going to get, and then have you know a, a contract year still. Yeah, I, I'm I pretty sure if he got it, he'd be back in like if he got it next week, he'd be back midseason, wouldn't he? It's not like a full yeah, twelve month. But I'm thing. just yeah. saying, like worst case, you know, you miss the you know the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, this is I, I think we are at the time where it's like we are in all of the we're in so many contracts that are not great that like DJ just what is it? the to- Just get it fixed. Get a two for one deal. Get judge in there. Get it fixed. Yeah, just go have surgery. Like you're playing for another. You, we are cutting off our nose to spite our face. We are uh, facing the Braves this week. God, that's depressing. So the thing I like about the Braves is they have this, they have like their little core four. It's Acuna, Albies, uh, Freeman, or not Freeman, Olsen, and then um, Austin Riley. And they, they play have all, they've all, they, none of them have missed a single game. The Braves mm-hmm. has said, fuck you to load management. And they are 75 and 42 as we're recording this. They have the best record in baseball. They won the world series in 2021. Their run differential is plus 193. Like, that's what I want a beat reporter to ask. Cashman about at the like, you know, oh, you guys talk about load management and rest. What do you think of the Braves? Like, I, I want to see some questions like that. So I'm trying to. So who who is it? Matt Olson. Matt Olson, the first 29. Another guy we passed on. He's 42. Homes. In his 20s. MV, he'll be the MVP. Who else is it? Ozzy Albies, the second baseman. Ozzy Albies is. Oh, is he on the DL right now? He's not showing up. Oh, Ozzy Albies, 97. There, you know. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think if you look at it, it's because they're running a bunch of fucking 24-year-olds out there, and we're just like, who's 36 with a couple years left on your contract? <laughs> we'll take – you know, we're – it's the same thing people thought at the deadline, like, well, we've got a whole third base. Let's get Nolan Arenado. And it's like, how many guys on the wrong side of 30 who are owed $100 million are we going to fucking sign? And it's because we don't develop prospects. And like, don't get me wrong. Listen, Anthony Volpe, he's going out there. He's, you know, doing his thing. He's got 16 home runs. People are excited about that. So he's batting 210 right now. Um, oh, no, 211. Sorry. Huh. Don't want to shortchange him. So he is. he's batting 211 with 16 home runs. If instead of those 16 home runs... They were 32 hits, right? He just had an extra 16 hits, right? Let's say there were singles, doubles, whatever. Maybe there's a homer mix in it. If he had 16 more hits, he'd be batting 252. It's a huge difference. Huge difference. Yeah. A couple hits here and there. Wow. One extra hit a week. But you know why he doesn't have those extra hits is because he he's doing the Luke Voigt thing. Every pitch, no matter the score, count. Anything he swings out of his shoes, trying to hit a three-run homer. And I know he had two home runs this weekend, but dude, you're you're five eight one sixty. Like stop, you're you're not a power hitter, man. You're you're a, you're a small middle infielder who's fast. Like this is I, this whole like everybody swing for the fences. It's like I don't know if it's everybody wanting to be Judge and Stanton, but he he literally looks like Luke Voigt up there. 
Yeah. And he's only got 20 stolen bases. Because, like, you know, i doing some immaculate grid after I filled it out today. I like to go see, like, oh, like, who are guys who did, you know, who did steal 30 bases and 200 hits? Because, like, you know, you're making a guess. You're like, I think Ricky Henderson did it. Or look at some of the numbers, and you're like, Ricky Henderson would steal 100 bases. There's a pitch clock. They can only throw over twice. The bases are bigger, so the distance is shorter. How do we only have 20 stolen bases being the fast guy? And I, I want to say the first week of the season, he had like seven. He had like eight in the first week. He had like 13 very early in the year. Yes, I was like, yes. oh, shit, this guy, he had a couple home runs, so I started joking. He'll go 30-30. He may get 30-20. And, yeah, it, and part of it is it's the it's not just him doing it, right? It's he's doing that because other people aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And they're not doing what they're supposed to do because Brian can't because Boone is not putting them in a position to win. Aaron Boone can tell them, hey, I love you guys and hugs and kisses every day in the fucking clubhouse before the game starts. But he's not putting them in a position to win by bringing the right pitchers in at the right time, by positioning players and all that. And part of and that's not happening because fucking just like. We decided to pick a president off a game show. We picked a fucking manager off a uh, fucking TV show. And it was picked by a guy who hasn't been good at his job in easily 14 years. Yeah, no, it's all fair. And apparently that interview, when they interviewed the managers, they just they had all the they didn't have the players names, but they just had player A and, and certain metrics. And they said, pick a batting, you know, design a batting order. And apparently Boone took put the best batting order together. And that, that was, that was the interview. I think they were um, interviewing Eric wedge and Hensley Mullins, but even if they, let's say they do fire Boone and and throw some chum to the, to us fans. I I feel like the next guy is just going to be another puppet. Like as long as, I mean, he might have a better, his post game pressers might make me less angry. I, I mean, it might be a little more satisfying there, but nothing would change structurally. Well, I think that's why, like, more and more of the fan base come around. There's still, like, the handful of people when you you tweet or you retweet something about Brian Cashman being bad at his job. They're like, what are you talking about? How doesn't give him enough? And it's just, you know, it's wrong. We know that's wrong. Um, but, like, for the I feel like 95% of the fan base wants him gone. They're do a Friday night. I retweeted it. Friday night in September. There's going to be a, a fire Cashman night because – there was a guy in the bleachers uh, like a week ago or two weeks ago who had a uh, fire catchment. He got thrown out of the stadium. Really? They ejected him. Wow. That'll be good. Friday night. Uh, yeah. They're doing in the bleachers. I think the right field bleachers. Good for them. Although I'm done. So a couple of things I'm, as of now, I'm definitely done going to games. And I also am not renewing my nine game plan. You shouldn't. You shouldn't, because like, here's the thing: you'll if you want tickets to the playoffs, you'll be able to get tickets to the playoffs. Exactly, exactly. You know, the way you went about it when it's like we're gonna have this core of guys who aren't gonna be fucking terrible. That made sense. Everything you've done has made sense. To renew that for the possibility, like, because I mean, essentially, like, you don't go to the games. They're you. They're a charitable donation. Exactly. You feel good about it. You're helping kids. I think that's great. But these fucking guys are not doing anything to entice people to buy ticket packages. I'd be curious. I don't know. I'm going to maybe start watching, like you start watching their LinkedIn page to see like people start switching jobs. Cause like the bonuses aren't there. Like the attendance right. being up is 
I would imagine it's not a lot of ticket packages anymore. It's a lot of people just being like, ah, oh, we can grab tickets. We can go whatever. Hopefully concessions are good because like all of those people, there are a ton of people that are impacted when it's not good. Like, because they don't get bonuses because they're not hitting numbers. Oh, for sure. But I mean, even today, like we're averaging 41,516. We're second. We're first in the American League and we're second behind the, the Dodgers. Uh, we're first in the American League by a lot. And to be honest, the, the, the scary thing is it's almost become like Yankee Stadium's almost the new Madison Square Garden where it's just like, oh, it's the cool place to go. And they're just going to have 40,000 people regardless. That's that's what scares me. Yeah. I mean, I can't make it to the um, fire cash. When I, I did think about it just to like really? see what that scene is. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not going to be I'm, one. I'm not sitting in the bleachers. Uh, I'm right. not <laughs> sitting in the bleachers and, and yell. But I'd like to see like that atmosphere and see how the team responds to it. Got Charlie Wisco's wedding that night. So I got oh, right. that. But then also like. I mean, they've rolled out old timers day late. Old timers day is normally in the summer. Yeah, it's supposed to be July. Yeah, June. Yeah. So it's September 9th. When does the NFL season start? September 10th is the first Sunday. So they're doing it on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they always do. I wonder if they'll have something like the next day, too, because if you notice and when they announce it, they're highlighting the 98 team. When the Yankees weren't good in like 2015, 2016, what they'd start to do is schedule things on the Sunday of the first NFL game. Cheater day was week one. Yeah, I I was there. Yeah, Yeah. try to get people to come. So I'm curious like how they're doing. And like they're not even going to play a game now. What's the point? And, and did you see they they took that desperation where like Jeter's going to be there? Like, dude, I love Jeter. I have a million. I mean, look behind me. I have a million fucking pictures of Jeter behind me. He's my idol. But like, I'm done celebrating the past. 98. She was 25 years ago, man. Like if I, if Derek Jeter was putting on the pinstripes and playing in an old timers game, I'm watching that. Yeah, if you would have went. Jeter, if De- I don't know that I'm going to that I would go. No, I okay. wouldn't go on the ninth. I've got Tim Dillon tickets that night. Gotcha. OK, um, I but like that's something I'm interested in. You're going to bring Derek Jeter out on the field again, like we pre-retirement, post-retirement, elected <laughs> to the Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> 50 years of hip hop like he's at he's on the stadium for on the field for everything that's ever. Yeah, happened. yeah. he's uh, bogs on a horse. Yeah, I, I've I've lost lost interest in it. it. It sucks that they don't play the game anymore. They can't play for three innings. Like people really like that. I guess it's just uh they'll just walk in from center field and yeah, I mean Billy Randolph I, and <laughs> I don't know why they're not doing. I mean, like I guess it it kind of died with COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't obviously nothing in twenty. They didn't do anything in twenty one. And then last year was the first year where there there just wasn't a game. They just did intros and that was it. I think also so if you like. If you think about it, it used to be that they would come and you'd get like some of the old guys that were having some fun, right? Who were just like, oh, this is fun to get out there and play a little bit. Then you had the occasional like Johnny Damon thought he was at a tryout. Yeah. You know, like there were guys who were like who still thought they had it. Matsui played well. Matsui played well. Luis Soho got a contract from playing in the old timers. 
He's the only person to ever play an old timers day and then play in the major leagues again. That's good trivia. Um, I love Luis Soho. You put if there was a clutch situation, you put Luis Soho up there. That's going in the gap every time. He had the go ahead hit to win the uh, Subway Series. Yeah, for, for every sure. game that he ever played in here. <laughs> but if you think about it, like you would mix in some guys like that that were like a couple of years out of the league. So now in 2023, we'd be due for like like Todd Frazier to play in it. Like guys like that, like that time frame, but they haven't won anything. So no one gives a fuck. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Like the old timers day always had like we had a championship every once in a while. So that was like, oh, well, it's good to see that guy who did something for me. Now you start rolling guys out there and it's just like, oh, well, I don't care because it's almost all the 98 team. And those guys are too old. Like Daryl Strawberry can't play. In an old time, he can't do three innings, right? And then outside of guys who are on the 98 team, half of which I'm like, I don't even know who the fuck this is, is like you've got Jesse Barfield, Charlie Hayes. I guess like Boone could go out there and play a little bit. Charlie Hayes. Um, And then I I also don't care about uh, like dead players' wives. Don't care at all. Like Whitey Ford's wife, don't care. Don't care at all. If it's the first year they died, fine. But otherwise, it's like, I mean, Thurman Munson's been dead for a hundred years and we're bringing his wife out there. Guy who played less than 10 years with the team, never made, never made it to the hall of fame. And he was a captain though. And kind of, he's kind of a unique situation. Uh, he doesn't meet my qualification. Never his numbers retired. Gotcha. Oh yeah. man. Like, you know, and oh, they got Roy white, Roy white's at the stadium. Like every fucking game, you go in the suite level. He's just wandering about. I think he lives there. <laughs> No, you're uh, look, I can't I can't really argue with any of this. And the thing about it now is like think about a future old timers day. So you have we we both have young kids like if Aaron Judge was to win a championship this year, next year, whenever. And they do an old timers day in 2038 or whatever. And our kids are like 10, 12, fucking 15, whatever. Be like, oh, let's go. I want to remember that 2024 championship. You were too young to remember. But Judge was a stud now. Like, obviously, they're going to have an Aaron Judge day at some point. Why would I go to relive ALCS? losses to Houston like it takes away a lot of that but when, when you don't win like the Yankees entire brand is history winning now that they've stopped winning it's like dude you're losing your brand identity just as a business yeah bogs on a horse <laughs> dude so they have out there I looked they've got Jill Martin Billy Martin's widow going out there Billy Martin died in 1989 wow yeah like, it's just like, I don't know, we're over. Nobody who cares about Billy Martin is fucking even alive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Thurman Munson, like you said, different situation, but he died in 1979. We don't need his wife out there. Save the flower budget and get a left fielder. <laughs> the widow flower budget should go to a left fielder. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair are a member of the NYPD or like FDNY or anything like that. And you die. The Yankees always send something. There's something like that where the Yankees always send something. Yeah, no, I, I believe it. Send a left fielder. What are you looking like? Sorry. Right, so we have whatever, six weeks left. What do you, what are you looking for? Like if you turn on the game tonight, tomorrow night, whatever, what, what do you give me a reason to watch? Like, what are you looking out for? Anything intriguing? 
with this group. I haven't seen a lot of the Braves, and I think they're good. So, like, it'd be cool to see them play. Like, (laughs) I mean, because realistically, there's nothing there's nothing yet that they've done that except like if we wave the white flag and we're going to see some guys and like, let me see what Austin Wells can do. Let me see what, you know, some of these other guys can do. Let me see, um, you know, Peraza out there every day. Like let, let's get guys in the right positions. Besides that, there's nothing exciting to. And so, it's really not going to be till September because like in September, it'd be like, all right, cool. I can see what these guys are, you know, are about. That gives me something to get some hope um, or some trade value or whatever it is. But it's just not, you know, there's nothing to be excited about right now. Like I said it last week, my wife is taking my kids to the beach on Saturday. I do not have to go to the beach. I don't like the beach, so I'm not going. One o'clock game against the Red Sox. And it's cold. Probably. And I'm not going. I could easily uh, any other time. If we're in second place, I'm getting a hotel. I'm up there. I'm leaving my house at eight o'clock in the morning. I'm at Billy's by 11. I'm already like my bags at the hotel and it is fucking on. Like I'm probably making my brother come with me to just like get hammered. (laughs) And I haven't done that this year. I haven't gone up to Yankee Stadium and I haven't been to a game yet that I haven't driven. Yeah, you just went to the two, right? Yeah, this team has not gotten me to a point where it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to really enjoy this. Yeah, no, it's it's been it's difficult. There's really no reason to go. But it's just it's sad to be sitting here on August 15th and be like, I don't have a reason to go to the stadium anymore because you always have that line where it's like when you walk out for the last time and it's like, am I going to go back and I'm going to miss it? But man, like I was sitting. So we went to a brewery Saturday and they had the game on and obviously they lose and it kind of ruins your it ruins your vibe for a little bit. And I'm just like, I'm I, did honestly- have, I did have after one loss a couple of weeks ago, one of my buddies who's not really a, like a big Yankee fan. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess sometimes maybe he listens to the podcast just to like, I don't know, fill the day. He texts me. He goes, when is uh, your podcast co-host just going to put his head through his fucking travel TV? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm there. And, you know, it's like usually in the winter, it's like, oh, it's depressing because there's no baseball. But now I'm like, man, it'd be really nice to like go to a bar, or go somewhere in the winter. And like the Yankees can't ruin my mood. Like I'm excited for that this winter. And that's yeah. sad. Yeah. No, I mean. It's tough. It's tough times as a Yankee fan. It's tough to like anyone, you know, Nobody asks about the Yankees right now with good intentions. No one who asks how are they doing. And I'm grouchy, dude. I'm like Oscar the fucking grouch out here. Like, dude, go to Sesame Place. It's a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. How, how was it? Dude, it was good. It was good. Here's the thing. Anyone who lives in the Northeast and you want to go to like an amusement park thing. I went on a Friday, so it's not a Saturday, but it's also not a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You pay. If your kid's like under two, they don't even need a ticket. So... I paid for like VIP parking as close as possible. You don't even need that. If you get there early, you you probably park closer than VIP parking for it. Okay. Um, it opens at 10. We got there at 945. We're in line by 10 to 10. We were one of the first people in. Then you just start hitting rides. You get four rides in in an hour and a half because like you've beat most of the lines. Yeah. Pay the money for uh, lunch with Elmo and friends. Again, if the kid's under two, they don't you don't pay anything for it. Um, 
And then like Elmo and other like giant fucking monsters come out and do like a little show. Your kids eat a shitty buffet and then you change. Uh, they they have changing areas. You you put on your bathing suit. You go in the water. I ran. We had uh, like a wagon. I brought it out to the car. Get your hand stamped. Come back in. Uh, and like you're good to go. It was a good time. It was very manageable. Um, because like I'm a, like an anti Disney person. So me too. Oh, dude. Yeah, we've talked about this. I'm very anti. I'm very yeah. anti Disney too. It just so seems are, like there's no way it's fun. Are are any of these rides like adult? rides are like are they all kids rides i think there was like i think i saw that there was like a roller coaster in a part that like we didn't go to that's maybe gotcha. like, okay. i'm not a big ride so like we went on all the rides like with the kids like there are there weren't like just my kids are all under 42 inches so that's what you have to be on the ride alone so like gotcha. we went on all of them so like they're big enough for us to go on but like i'm not a big ride person anyway yeah i get nauseous and so but on a friday it wasn't mobbed no, no, okay. it was very manageable. So, Man. August fifteenth, and we're talking about Sesame Place. That's hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's where, I think that's where that's we're all at. We got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyny. Follow me at JJ from the Bronx. This team fucking sucks, but we'll be here every week trying to make jokes, trying to find something interesting to talk about. Um, good therapy session, everybody. I'll see you at, I don't know, I'll see you at, at 3 o'clock. At 3 o'clock, they do a parade at Sesame Place. <laughs> so I'll see you at that one. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.